I love you all. Thank you so much for coming this morning. How many are excited to hear from the young people this morning? First service, we had a couple of testimonies, and just seeing uh, so many young people in our church is so exciting. See, because I'm a youth pastor at heart, always was a youth pastor, and always will be a youth pastor in my heart. So I'm with you, Lisa, on that. <laughs> Anyways, the Lord gave me a patches of scripture this morning, um, kind of an unusual one. I have never preached out of this book, so uh, bear with me. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel. We're going to be reading out of Ezekiel. Um, it's there's Isaiah, and then there's Jeremiah, and then there's Ezekiel, and uh, 47. And God wants to speak this morning to some people. And uh, this week, as I've been studying uh, this portion of Scripture, the Lord has been doing a very deep work in my heart. And uh, before we even begin, I want there to be kind of just a stirring in your spirit. Would you just close your eyes with me? I'm believing that God is going to speak to us as individuals this morning, that God is going to speak to us as a church this morning, and that there's going to be a move of God in our city. Can I hear an amen? Just put your hand on your heart right now and close your eyes. Father, we just pray right now, God, that this morning you would go deeper in us. Lord, I pray that if there's some of us that... um, God, don't know you in a deep way, God. Father, that this morning, God, your spirit would come. Father, that people that have not experienced the presence of Jesus in a personal way, God, that this morning it would go so deep in their hearts, Lord, that it would be life-changing and life-giving to each and every heart this morning, God. Father, we are hungry, God, to know you more. God, at whatever level we know you, Jesus, we want to know you more. God, we want to um, experience relationship with you more and more, God. So this morning, would you grace us just with your presence, Lord? Grace us with just, um, just your glory, God, that we would see you move in our lives, that you would see you move in our church, Lord, and in our city, God. We're so grateful for who you are. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to read the scripture. I have the words up there, too. I'm going to be reading out of the message translation. Bear with me. It's a few verses, um, but I think the Lord wants to really speak to us out of this passage this morning. Ezekiel 47, verses 1 to 12. Now he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Now we're talking, this is Ezekiel that is writing this, and um, I studied a lot about Ezekiel, way too much that we'll ever be able to share this morning, but Ezekiel, um, there's three sections in the book of Ezekiel, and Ezekiel's filled with visions where the Lord gave him, he was a prophet, and the Lord gave him many visions, and when he was born, he was actually born in a time when King Josiah was the king, and reformation had happened to the people of Israel. But the people of Israel turned away from the Lord and gone into captivity. And and so the first kind of like half of the book is about the destruction of Israel and how they were far away from God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I watch the news and I think we are as a nation far away from God. But do you know that God gave Ezekiel a vision, a vision of what his vision was for his house And the more I read this chapter, the more I get so excited because it is a picture of what God wants for the Pearl Church. It's a picture of what God wants for the the Denver church as a whole, what God wants for us as individuals. God's going to speak to us through this vision that uh, God gives Ezekiel. So God brought Ezekiel to the entrance of the temple, and it says, I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east, 
The water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then took me out through the north gate and led me through the outside to the gate complex on the east. The water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. He walked to the east with a measuring tape, and he measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was waist deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, and by now, the river was over my head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. So are you getting this picture? There is a temple. I had to um, actually draw it out to make sure I understood what it was doing, and it was really ugly drawing. But to just get a picture, there is a temple which represents the house of God, and then also we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the temple, but it's also the, the temple of God represents his presence, You know, there's going to be some words this morning. If you're new in your walk with Christ, don't let them scare you. I want you to know that when we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about God being real and him being with you. We don't serve a God who's like just far away that has no relationship with us. You know, when I'm in Doug's presence, he's with me. When you're in God's presence, you know God is with you. God is with you. Here we get this picture of this temple and water is busting out under the doors, under the threshold, and begin to pour out and form a river. And at first that river is at the ankles, and then that water's at the knees, and then that water's at the waist, and then it's such a big river that you can swim in it. Verse 6 and 7, it says, He said to me, Son of man, have you had a good look? Then he took me back to the riverbank. While sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. And he told me, the water flows east, descends to Arabah, and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, which is the Dead Sea, which is still the same Dead Sea we talk about today. When it empties into those waters, the sea will become fresh. Whether the river flows, wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish, because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. Where the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore from Engedi all the way to Eneglium, casting their nets. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds, like the fish of the great Mediterranean. The swamps and marshes won't become fresh. They'll stay salty. But the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves will not wither. The fruit will not fail. And every month they will bear fresh fruit. Because, everybody say because. You know, because is a word in the English language that says this happened and because this happened, this will happen. So it says there is fruit because the river flowing from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. God is in the restoring business. He takes what's dead, what has no life, no hope, and he brings it alive. Do you see what's happening in this vision of what God has for us as individuals and what God has for us as a church, as his house? There is something that is dead that is out there that God wants us to be so impacted by the river of God, which represents the presence of God, God being with us, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God's Spirit in us, in the house of God that pours out in such an incredible way that it pours out to things that are dead, 
to the broken world that we see around us. This is what God envisions for us as the Pearl Church. That we would just not contain the presence and the glory and these four walls, but that they would begin, the presence of God would begin to seep out under the doorways, down the street, into the neighborhood. God wants you to represent him wherever you go. That you'd be so filled with God and filled with the presence of God that people just being around you will experience hope. People just being around your life will experience life where there has been death. Do you know that we live, all it takes is like five minutes of, of the news to know that we live in a broken world. We live in a dying world that there's sometimes no hope. There's no hope for situations and circumstances. There's no hope in some marriages. There's no hope in some health and some sickness. There's people that walk around with no hope and yet we have Jesus, the life-giving river living inside of us and God wants it to begin to pour out and to bring healing to the world around us. You know, this week as I was studying this, um, I confess about day three, I had studied way too much, and it was like knowledge. And, and it, it initiated with this passage of Scripture where I felt really God giving me such an excitement. And then I kind of got bogged down by studying everything that there's no about Ezekiel that I could find. <laughs> and the Lord, uh, I think it was Wednesday morning, um, there were some people over, and they kind of left, and the Lord just said, sit down at the piano for a minute. Just sit down. God dropped this simple chorus that I'm going to sing here in a minute, and it kind of just brought everything into perspective, everything into perspective, that what God wants to do in us as his people is for his presence to be so real in us, so stirring in our hearts, our relationship with Christ that out of that, we experience revival in our city. That out of what God does in our house, that these four walls would not be able to contain the presence of the Lord, and it would begin to spill out. That in my temple, Donna Lass's temple of the Holy Ghost, it would not be able to contain the presence of the Lord, but it would begin to spill out, form a river, and affect those that are walking in death right now. You know, I had somebody come to me uh, a few months ago and just say, how come, and I said this first service, but how come you always have energy? It was someone at my son's school. And I was like, oh, I, I do not always have energy. <laughs> like, I'm not a morning person, so right now this must be, I don't know. This is not energy. <laughs> and she's like, well, no, every time I talk to you, you just kind of have, like, life in your eyes. or like something's going on. And it was such an interesting thing to say. Because do you know when there is life going on inside of your heart, where God is doing something in your heart, there is life-giving river in your heart, it's going to be contagious. It's going to begin to leak out and spill out and bust out. And God has put such a hunger in me to see us as a congregation and us as individuals experience Jesus. You know, I can't do it for my kids. I can't do it for you. God wants to put a hunger in your heart to, to be filled with relationship with God, to be in the river, to not just be ankle deep, but move towards the river. And I did this first service, and um, I don't normally do it right in the middle. 
when I'm speaking, but I, I, I wanted to stir your heart with a thought and read those scriptures before I even saying this. Because this is what God dropped into my heart, and I feel like it's a it's kind of like a prophetic thing for our church, for us as individuals. I want you to just close your eyes at first. I'm gonna just sing it. I believe this is what the Lord is saying to us. And I'm gonna be teaching and, and, and going into the word. But let it begin with us as individuals saying, God, I'm hungry for your presence, God. Father, I'm willing, God to go deeper with you, Jesus. Maybe you're, you're here today and you don't even know exactly what I mean by that. But it starts by you saying, God, I'm willing. God, I want to know you. I want to know you more. I want to know you in a way that's deep and personal where your presence has stirred in my life, changed me. I'm willing, God. Would you to verse 1. Sing it with me.
again. If you feel like you're in a place where you just want more of God, would you just lift your hand right now in the presence of Jesus? Lift your hand. If you're saying, God, God, I just need more of you. God, I want more of your presence. Maybe you're at ankle deep right now and you're saying, God, I want to go knee deep. Maybe you're at knee deep right now and God's saying, do you want to go up to your waist? Do you want to be in rivers that you can swim in? Maybe you've tasted the presence of Jesus, but, but God's birth and a hunger in you. I want to sing this again, and I want you to just begin to stir your heart. God, God, stir our hearts, Jesus. God, we don't want to just do it in our own strength, Father. We need you, God. We need the supernatural power of God, the presence of Jesus, God. Father, we need you to touch us. We need you to move in our city and our lives, God. Father, we are hungry this morning. We are hungry for your presence. 
would you move? Sing it with me. Here I am. 
that's our simple prayer this morning. God, we're hungry, God, for your presence, Jesus. God, we want to know you more. Father, some of us don't know you that well, God, but Lord, today I pray, God, that we would just move in the direction towards you, towards your presence, towards your spirit, Lord. And Father, those that have walked with you for years, God, Father, I pray we'd never just kind of get complacent and think that we could do things on our own, God. Father, let us understand that everything flows from your presence, everything, God, that we want to do in our lives, Lord. We cannot do, God, without your presence, Lord, that God touch the supernatural touch of the Holy Spirit, God. So we ask you this morning, God, to stir our hearts, Lord. Stir our hearts, God, to be hungry, God, for you. And Lord, hungry for you to move. God, we do. We ask you that you would move, Jesus. God, we want to see you work, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. Don't you love just the presence of the Lord? God can do in one moment in the presence of the Lord what lots of teaching can do. But in one moment, Jesus can bring revelation. I think that moment at the piano this week, God brought a lot of stuff that's out there and said, God, God wants to move in our hearts. He wants his presence to come alive inside our hearts. What a beautiful picture that passage of scripture is for what the house of the Lord is supposed to be. Can I hear an amen? All right, we're going to dive a little bit and unpack this passage a bit. Um, So uh, in Ezekiel 47, you know, one thing I noticed is number one is that life abounds in his presence. You know, everywhere that river touched, there was life. The trees were alive. The fish were alive. There was life. What was dead, the dead sea that had no life came to life. I want to say to you this morning, you may feel dead in your heart. Maybe there's something going on and you have not felt spiritually alive. You're alive walking around. You have friends and and life is going on. But if you would be honest, you don't feel spiritually alive. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit wants to come today with that river and bring life to areas in your heart that have seemed dead. Because where the river of the Lord is, there is life. Life abounds. You know, only the things that flow out of the presence of God are living. You know, there's a lot of great uh, organizations out there that want to change the world. There's a lot of people doing some incredible, really good things in the world. But do you know, it's the life of Jesus only can come from his presence that our broken world needs. Do you know, in the Dead Sea, the Jordan River actually flows into it. But it, it, it doesn't seem to impact it. In fact, everything that comes from the Jordan, there's life in the Jordan River, flows right into the Dead Sea. But as soon as it hits the Dead Sea, there is, it, it ceases to bring life. There's only the river of God can do the supernatural turning what is dead. No ordinary river can do this, but God's river. In John 3, verses 5 to 7, it says, Jesus says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. When you think of being born, it means like that's where it originates. 
That's where it starts, like Ezekiel's vision, where it's like it starts in the house of the Lord, the temple of God. The presence of God starts there and works out. So it says humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Another translation says flesh gives birth to flesh, but only spirit can give birth to spirit. I am hungry to see God move in people's lives where there was deadness, no spiritual life in them. And yet, if God can fill us with the Holy Spirit, we can be ambassadors reaching them with the Spirit of God and bring life. You know, as a youth pastor, we said all the time, we're going to change the world. And you know what? I feel like we did in some ways. But you know what? It wasn't us. I loved it. You know, some of the testimonies of the young people, even first service, was that God was going to use them As they put God first, God was going to use them to touch everybody around them. I believe that with all my heart. But what God showed me a picture is, do you know how we as Christians can change the world? Is for us to get in touch with the river of God. It's not for us to just try to be good people or support some good causes. For us to be do-gooders. We will miss the point. Because you know what people really need is to come alive spiritually. I've known a lot of dead people that have uh, lots of incredible things going on in their lives, and you spend five minutes with them, and there's a sadness, there's an emptiness, because they're missing the spiritual life that only God can fill. I want us to be world changers, but I know this. It's only going to happen when it originates out of God's spirit, God's presence, the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the source of living water. In John 7, 37, it says, on the final day of the feast, Jesus took a stand. He cried out and he said this, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes me this way. This is what a picture God has for us, that we would be thirsty. Say, God, I want to know you more. I want to be so in touch with your presence. And then it begins to spill out of the depths of my heart. I can't fake that. I can't just talk about it. I have to experience Jesus and get in the river, get in the presence of God and say, I want it. I want to be in that river. Maybe my spouse has been in that river, but I have not jumped in. Maybe my kids have not experienced. I'm going to be believing that they will. Because this is an individual thing that God has for each of us to say, I am going to be having relationship with the living God, with the living God. Number two, God takes what is small and supernaturally grows it and uses it for a great purpose. Now think about where that river started was ankle depth. Have you ever walked across a creek or stream that's the ankle deep? It really doesn't, it's not hard to walk across doesn't really have that big of an impact in this world. It's just a little stream maybe. But once it starts getting waist deep, have you ever tried to walk across a river that is waist deep? It is hard to do. And if you're in a river that's being swamped, that river's going to have an impact. And, you know, I think Christians sometimes, they think they're so insignificant because they're at ankle deep. And they think, how could my life have any significance in the world around me because I'm just, I'm small, I'm insignificant. You may feel inadequate and small, but I want you to get a picture of what God sees. God sees something powerful. 
And something that's so small and at the ankle deep is going to flow in and change something that is completely dead and bring it to life. You know, there's scriptures all through the Bible, stories about this. One of my favorite stories is in Elijah, uh, when Elijah is praying for um, there to be rain. There's been many years of drought and people are starving. There's famine. And, you know, he goes to his servant. He says, I'm going to pray for rain. So I'm going to go over here and pray for rain. And I'm going to send you on missions to go see if you see any rain coming. So he did that. You know, six times that servant came back and said, nope, just blue sky. I don't see any rain. And that seventh time, you know, what impacts me is that Elijah kept praying. You know, five times in, let's be real. I might be like, Maybe it's hopeless. Maybe we're just going to all die in famine and drought. You know what I mean? Like four times in, five times in, six times in. And, you know, some of us have that kind of situation going on in our life. You've been contending for something. You've been praying for something. And you have not seen signs yet that God is working. I want today you to have faith that God is at work even when you can't see it. Do you know what happened the seventh time? Is that Elijah's servant comes back and he says, well... I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. You know, if we left church today and we saw a cloud that was the size of a man's hand, I doubt I'd be turning to my kids and being like, oh my word, a storm is brewing. We need to get home. We need to get to safety because there's a cloud this big, you know? No, we would never see that. But see, Elijah saw something different. Elijah saw something small, that to everybody else was looking at the same cloud. He didn't see it the same way. Nobody else saw the rain that was down coming. They just saw a little cloud. It was insignificant. And yet what Elijah saw with the spirit of faith, which is what's coming on me, is the spirit of faith. We may say the pearl just is like the size of a cloud, like the man's hand. But God is working God is working. That seventh time, the servant comes back, and when he says that, do you know what Elijah says? He says, get your chariot to, to Ahab. He says, get your chariot and go down so the rain doesn't stop you. I can picture the servant being like, okay, I'll go ahead and tell the king that there's a storm brewing because there's, you know, a little bottle cap cloud up there. But okay, awesome. But you see, this is what happened. In a little while, the sky grew dark and clouds and wind, and there was a downpour. There, it gushed so much rain. And, you know, Elijah saw that small, insignificant thing. You may see one tiny, small, significant step in what you're praying for. But I want God to stir your heart that he is working. He is working. You know, another story of something small is five loaves and two fishes. There's a boy in the New Testament with Jesus, and there's thousands of people that need to eat. And he had his little lunch sack. You know, I doubt when he left home that day, his mom felt like that lunch sack had any real supernatural abilities, right? Just here's your lunch for the day. But you know what's interesting? That boy had to give up that lunch in faith. And I have a 12-year-old boy, and that would be a step of faith. If it had been like three days of preaching, and he had his little lunch, and we're like, hey, can we use that? Can we have your lunch? (laughs) Oh, be, oh boy, that would be a little bit scary to ask that for a boy. And yet this boy has a different heart. He gives up his five loaves and two fishes. And we see thousands, thousands that, that got to feed off that. See, this river is like that. It's supernatural. We cannot look through the natural eye 
And maybe this is new for you in your walk with Christ. But I'm telling you, our walk with Christ is supernatural. You can't always reason it. You can't always explain it. But God is working. God is moving when you cannot see it and there's no hope. God is moving. Do not look at small, insignificant things in your mind and not see how God sees it. God sees what he is doing and he is at work. One of the things I noticed is that as the river moved towards the Dead Sea, it grew, right? Well, you know, the purpose for that river, what was the purpose for that river? It was to bring life to what was dead. How interesting that as that river went towards its purpose, it grew. You know, that's the same way for us as Christians. When we walk towards the purpose of God in our lives, we will see God supernaturally transform our smallness to his great purpose. God does it. Do you know one thing that's, that's so stern in my heart for this entire year? Is God's purpose is people. God's purpose is not for us to just feel good every Sunday, which I want to do. I love the presence of God. You know, that's my favorite moment is coming and worshiping together. But our purpose is for that presence to go out the walls right there and spill out into the people that he wants to touch. The purpose for our lives is to reach people. We cannot think that we're insignificant. We walk towards the the purposes of God, and we are going to see the water level grow. I can't help but think the Lord's kind of given me a hint of even what he's going to do in this church, where we're going to be like, whoo, the presence of God, even on Sunday, just like grows, where there's healing and salvation and transformation in the middle of, of the worship service as we reach people, as we're walking towards our purpose, as we're going to what God has called us to do. But, you know, we got to jump in. You may be scared this morning, and you're like, what is she talking about a river? What are we talking about? It takes a step of faith to begin to take the word of God and say, I don't even understand it all, but, Lord, I want more of you. I don't know what you're doing, but, God, I want more of you in my life. I want relationship with you. I want to be in the presence. Number three, the trees thrived because they were planted by the riverside and connected to the river. You know, these trees thrived. Why? Not because they were isolated off by themselves. No, but because they were connected to the river. They were connected to the house of God. They were not isolated. They were getting their source. Many scriptures in the Bible talked about us being planted like trees and the uh, living water. You know, Isaiah 61 was one of the passages that God gave me when we moved here, where it said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. God has anointed me to preach the good news. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 3, to console those who mourn, to give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This is our purpose, guys. We are supposed to be trees of righteousness planted so we can reach the world. You know, when our lives are connected to the river, there is something supernatural, things that were dead that will begin to come alive. There's giftings, there's situations, there's circumstances that seemed not even possible, but God begins to serve something. And you know what? There's the signs of that flourishing. Those trees had signs of flourishing. It wasn't just because they were planted and sticking there. It was because they had fruit, 
there was signs in our life when we're connected to God, when we're not just going through our life, but we're staying connected to God and his presence, and we are planted in the house of God, there will be a flourishing. There will be a fruit. There will be something on display for people to see. And like that woman that said to me, what is different about you? What is going on? What's in you? Because there is something in us. It's Jesus. Jesus is in us. You know, these trees produced every month. I think about how supernatural that is because I don't know that I've ever picked berries in January. Do you know what I'm saying? In Denver, in the hard, cold, you know, when there's snow on the ground. No, but this says these trees had fruit in every season. You may be in a winter season. You might be in a fall season. I don't know what season you're in right now. But when we are connected to the river, connected and planted in the house of God, there is fruit. There is fruit. The next thing that, that happened is that the fruit, the leaves on the trees were leaves for healing. I believe God wants us as individuals and as a church, the fruit of our lives is that there's the people that get our, around our lives, things begin to heal. Things begin to heal. Broken hearts begin to heal. You know, they get in your small group and they're just around people that are hungry for the presence of God and all of a sudden there's someone that, that was just struggling with something. All of a sudden there's healing. There's a marriage that was completely on the rocks that all of a sudden there's, there's a hint of hope that's going to grow, that's going to grow, that's going to grow. That the presence of God would come up through us and that our fruit and our leaves would be used to touch people. Revelations 22 talks about this as well. The leaves of the trees were for healing of the nations. I believe that. Number four, I love this one. I noticed in this, this vision that Ezekiel had is that God loves all kinds of fish. You know, in, in a politically correct day and age, I could say this, God loves diversity. You know, he loves all kinds of fish. Why would he even throw that in there? All kinds of fish. He also even says it's like the Mediterranean Sea. He says, with all kinds of fish, like the fish of the great Mediterranean. So me in my mind, I had to discover what the Mediterranean Sea and what that looked like and went way too far down that path for those of you who know me. But here's the, the sum of it is that there are 712 species of fish in the Mediterranean. That's a lot of different kinds of fish. And there are some gnarly, funny, hilarious looking fish in that sea. I will tell you that. You can look it up on YouTube or wherever you want. But I love this. All of those different kinds of fish were in the same river. You know, the house of God, this is a picture of the house of God. There is not a different river for that kind of um, person and, and a different river for that kind of segment of society and a different river for that kind of ethnicity and, and, and that kind of socioeconomic and that kind of age group. You know, the body of Christ is so seg- segregated up. It's, it's not the picture of what God has for us. God wants all of us, every age, every kind of person, every color of person, every background of a person to be swimming in the same river. That is God's picture for us. Do you know what the unifying factor is when we have a lot of differences? The unifying factor is the river. That's where we come together. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter your background. I grew up in the house of the Lord. Doesn't matter if you did that or you came in later doesn't matter. We are all in the same river being touched by the same God. Number five, the river brings life to what was dead. When the river enters the dead sea, the dead sea becomes fresh. If the worship team could come up. You know, I love this part, and I think this is part that God's going to be stirring in my heart all year. 
But the presence of the Lord was not just supposed to stay in the temple. That is a beautiful thing when the presence of the Lord is in the house of God. And we felt it this morning as we worshiped. Do you know, but that's not the purpose, is for the presence of God to just stay in the temple. The picture that God gave Ezekiel is that that river busted out the doors, formed a river that led to a broken world that brought healing, that brought life to what in the natural could never be alive. And yet with the presence of God, with the God touch, things that are dead become alive. God brings life.